All right, Balancers, today's guest is known as the Cardi B of the personal development world. Today, I'm joined by Erica Kramer, aka the Queen of Confidence, and I can guarantee you she's a full-flavored, spicy, inspirational speaker and mentor to thousands of women across the globe. In the last decade, she's been able to turn her life around from one of hopelessness and pain to one of passion, growth, and success after going on her own powerful journey of personal healing. Today, she's an international confidence coach and also the host of five-star rated podcast, The Confidence Chronicles. And she's also created a seven-figure global business by mentoring and supporting those who have suffered similar life experiences as her own. It's an absolute pleasure as well as a first for me to have another Eric on the show today, but I'm so excited to get to know you and share you with the listeners. So big warm welcome to The Balance Series. Hello, Erica. Thank you for having me. It's very cool. We're Erica with a K over here. We're good. <laughs> Twin flames. Yes, girl. I do want to obviously ask you a little bit about your journey to how you've gotten to where you are today, but I want to start with just really sinking our teeth into a question that I've been thinking about lately, and that's, do you think we can have confidence without self-love? Do the two coexist or are they in isolation? For me, confidence is something that we create through dealing with difficulties and, and courage. So I don't know that you have to love yourself. I do think that you have to have self-belief in that moment to create it. So I feel like they are connected, but I wouldn't say that if you struggle with self-love, which I did for a long time, you could still be confident in something, but I, I think you'll struggle with self-confidence because self-belief has to be family with self-love. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think that's an important distinction to start with because I've been reflecting prior to this conversation uh, in moments in my life where I've maybe felt confident in some areas, but not in others. And so it was yeah. just something that was on my mind. We're going to get stuck yeah. into confidence and all kind of tips around yeah. it, a bit about your journey. Uh, but speaking of, can you share just very briefly a little bit about your upbringing, your journey? Uh, you know, I shared at the intro, you've kind of had this change in your trajectory over the last decade. What did that look like for you to kind of end up doing the work you're doing today? Yeah, well, I think it was a lot of a hot mess of a past. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts in America, and my mother was a single mother. She struggled with bipolar. And so I really had a really crazy upbringing with foster homes, uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, a lot of abandonment issues, not feeling enough, and just a lot of anger, to be honest. I was an angry kid trying to deal with all of the things that life had thrown at me. And I guess fast forward it into high school, I joined the military, ended up moving away from Boston onto the other side of America and married my high school sweetheart. And that ended up in a relationship where I was putting their needs first and I was kind of numb. I was in the military. That wasn't what I felt like I came here to do. And so unfortunately, in when I was 23 years old, we got into a drinking and driving car accident where I broke my back and almost died. And that kind of woke me up. I was like, oh God, okay, I have to do this. Like, what am I doing with my life? You know, those moments where you have like a mini wake up call. That was my mini wake up call. Yeah. And I started kind of doing what I wanted to do. I started acting and modeling and I loved performing, which I think that right now I perform. I think that's what I do. Even though like I'm a coach, I think it's performance. I love it. And the following year, unfortunately, when things started to turn around and seem like it was good, my husband passed away in another car accident. And so that was just kind of like my holy crap, what is happening in my life moment where I chose to escape. I chose to run away from everything and move to Australia and date some man from Sydney who was not a nice man and then moved to Melbourne for another man. And it wasn't until I got broken up with on my birthday that I got like a slap in the face, like, hey, you are the common denominator here. Like, it's always been you. I looked in the mirror and saw myself and I was like, all right, I need to do this work. And my personal trainer at the time 
invited me into doing life coaching and working with clairvoyance and stuff I had no idea about. And it really turned everything around for me in 12 months. I married my personal trainer and he's now like the father of my two kids. And we run this global <laughs> business together. Um, and, you know, short, long story short, but basically a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, a lot of just horrible things growing up created this person who wanted to find this work. And so when I did find the work, I devoured it for eight years. I didn't do anything with anyone. I didn't care to help anyone. I was really trying to help myself. And eight years later, I decided like, I want to do this. Like this chose me. I need to do this. And so it brings us to this moment in time now. It's so beautiful when people's journeys or struggles or challenges really lead them to then sharing that with others. I always find that such a beautiful um, trajectory yeah. to be on. Uh, I guess a question for you is based off your journey, the eight years of work in a work that you did. And I love what you said. You kind of had that harsh reality moment where you're like, I'm the common denominator here. Because a lot of people will look externally and go, okay, well, it's their, it's their fault. I can't do this yet. Or, you know, that person broke up with me. It's, you know, you externalize a lot. When you bring that in and you do the work yourself, it's quite profound. But now in hindsight, I assume, or I'd like I guess I'd like to ask you, do you kind of have an approach now for when you have challenges or difficult moments that arise? Because I think a lot of the times we wait for these big aha moments. We wait for the slap in the face moments to make the change. But I'm curious to know if you kind of have red flags or signals to yourself now to help you sort of start doing that work a little bit earlier on in the piece or just as an ongoing way to deal with things. Because, you know, when we talk about life balance, it's not that life is sweet and perfect all the time. It's absolutely about the ebbs and flows. And so yeah. it's about navigating those. And I guess so my question is how do you now approach challenges as they come up to avoid being in that slap your face kind of moment? Yeah. Yeah, I, the honest truth is I think everybody needs to hit rock bottom, uh, especially in Australia. Like I love this country, but I think we're so comfortable. If you are comfortable in wherever you are, whether it's your job or your relationship or your body or your career, comfort is a killer. And so unfortunately for us, me included, right, I don't pass this. I had to hit rock bottom. I had to have like a holy shit moment to be like, oh, my goodness, this is the thing that I need to do. And so I feel like now what happens when you know yourself and you start to do your own work, you start to see your patterns. And so technically, if we're growing, we shouldn't be having the same struggles that we're having with the same things. And so now how I approach, I recently had, I haven't shared this, but I recently had a a scare with my right breast, I had to get a biopsy. And I had a moment of like, oh my gosh, do, am I going to have cancer? Like I have two children. And I had this flash for about four seconds of fear and my body felt the fear. And then I took a deep breath and I was like, hey, you've overcome so much. If this is what it is, we will deal with it when it's here, but we don't know yet. So what do you need right now? And it, I think now being able to do this work and, and know that you, if you're listening to this, you've overcome hard stuff already. All the difficult things that you've lived, you've overcome. So your track record is 100%. So really, I think we need to look at what we've already dealt with, what we've already overcome and know that we can do the next hard thing. And then when something hard comes up, you're not the same person that you were six months ago or a year ago. Uh, it's not the past coming back. It's not like you're doing it again. So I think that that really helps me to see that I'm constantly growing and evolving. I have new tools. I'm not who I used to be. Yes, this is scary. I can handle this. And then from that space of the present moment, making the best decision instead of bringing my past into it and all the fears and all the untrue stories that just aren't helpful. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that's just come to mind, uh, something my therapist shared with me was this idea of having a cookie jar. So 
irrespective of what area of your life you're talking about, whether it's something in your health, a challenge in a relationship or at work, you can compile or build a cookie jar, which is all your past experiences where you've actually overcome things and you put them all in a jar and you keep them there. So when you do have these moments where you're having that doubt or you're unsure or you need that reminder that you're capable, you can turn to that and you've got all this evidence, I guess, of of times that you have been good enough or you have been lovable because often we're faced with those limiting beliefs that tell us the complete opposite and all we do is look for evidence to to show that that's true. Um, But you spoke about kind of being comfortable and why that's a little bit of a killer or a little bit of a danger zone. Mm. And I guess this plays into the idea of women playing small, right? They're not going after their big dreams because maybe that is uncomfortable. Often the time it absolutely is. So I guess why do you think we get stuck there playing small. I know there are a lot of incredible women listening to this. They're already proactive in, you know, the self-development and wanting to learn and grow about themselves, but maybe they're holding themselves back in, in any area of their life, whether it's in a pursuing a new relationship or something to do with work or their health. Why do we get stuck there? And, and what do you think is the most, the most beneficial thing we can do to break through that? Or what's worked for you, I guess, because everyone yeah. is a little bit different. Yeah, I think I think the thing that I see the most when it comes to creating confidence and owning who we are and getting what we want and being fully expressed, which is something that I really strive to support my audience and my clients with, is that we care so much about what other people think about us. It's probably the number one killer of confidence is your fear of what others have to say. And it's people say they, but if you break it down, there's probably one or two people in your life, maybe a family member or a friend that you know. High school friends, you know, they always go on about, we care what your high school friends think. (laughs) It's true. It's like, oh, I don't know what they will say. And I'm like, who's they? So first of all, like identify who is it? Is it your auntie? Is it your grandma? Is it your cousin? Is it your sister? Like, who is the they? And then figuring out, like, we're all going to care. We have this reptilian brain or whatever. We know that we care what other people think. We want to be a part of the tribe. Yes, we get that. However, when it stops you from doing what you want, when it prevents you from showing up in a way that you want to show up or creating something in your life, that's when it's in the danger zone. So, of course, I care what people think. We all care what people think. But I'm not going to let it stop me or let the opinion of others Mm -hmm. keep me small. I think that's when it becomes uh, not helpful and we need to look at it. And so uh, one of the things I know in Australia, there's this tall poppy, but I believe everybody has a version of that, of that. What will people think? And I think if you can start to do these little increments of self-confidence building, which is whatever you say, you're going to do. So if you say, I'm going to go to the gym on Wednesday, you go to the gym. If you say, I'm going to show up on Instagram, you show up once on Instagram. Like everything you start to say, even if it's small things, preferably small so that you can actually do it, you do it. And you start to build this inner confidence. Like I trust myself enough to what I say I'm going to do. And when you start building that, it kind of like compounds up, then you have more self-belief. So when someone says, oh my God, you look so silly or, oh my God, you shouldn't do that. You're kind of like, hey, thank you so much for your opinion. However, I'm going to do it anyway. And you don't allow that to hurt you so much. And you start to learn how to be okay with people being wrong about you because people are going to think what they think and they don't know. I don't know who I am. I'm constantly changing. Who I was six days ago is not who I am today. And in six months, I'm not going to be this version that I am. So if I'm always changing and I'm always in the level up and I don't know who I am because I'm in growth mode, and I hope you are if you're listening to this, in growth mode, how does someone else know who I am? They don't. So it's like, let them be wrong and don't allow that to stop you because what is it costing you? There's so many costs when we allow that to happen, like our joy, our happiness, our financial freedom, our purpose. Like that's expensive if you ask me. So I think we need to look at that. That's a really, really powerful reframe to, you know, like think about that 
you're basically altering who you are to mm. if like if you're playing into other people's opinions then the version of you is a reflection of what other people think and and like you said like you're always on that pursuit of getting to know who you are so if you don't even have touch with that or if you're on a journey of getting to know that how can somebody else know that totally. you know about you yeah is there a line here where because I've kind of thought about this in the past and had conversations about this in the past where when someone says something to you and it really strikes a chord within you, is there an element where, you know, something they said might be true and we get really triggered because it's a reflection of something maybe we've been pushing down or ignoring kind of, I guess what I'm asking is what's the line between where maybe it's constructive and mm. at other times it's just us not reining in our own opinion of ourselves because yeah. I feel like at times it can be quite crippling and when I've had moments in the past where I've, I've dealt with a nasty comment or a, a difficult person and I reflect on it often at times you know I can learn something from the situation it doesn't mean that their opinion of me is valid or true or I have to you know alter myself to fit them but it does teach me something about okay well maybe I can grow in xyz way yeah, yeah. I think when you're not solid in who you want to be and who you know yourself to be, um, that's not helpful because you're not solid. So now you're looking to the sidelines as to who you think I am and what do you think? So I kind of think that we have to know who we are, who we're being in the moment. Are, are you someone like yourself? You've worked so hard. You do the work. It sounds like you work on yourself. You have a therapist and you're like, I'm good with my inner work. So when someone attacks my character, I can go, listen, like, no, that's not, that's all your stuff. That's projection, whatever. But if someone's not solid, if you haven't been doing the inner work and you don't know your shadows, right? And you don't know your dark spots and you're kind of like walking around on, uh, fragile and someone goes, oh, I hate the photo that you posted or they send a nasty comment to you, you're more exposed because you don't have your own grounding and you don't have your own place where you're doing your mm -hmm. work. You know, so I, I'm the same. People always say to me, don't film and drive. And I, obviously, for the record, I'm not touching my phone filming and driving. It's on. I, I don't even have to. It makes me it's so annoying to talk about it. I don't even talk about it. I'm like, thanks for your concern. You know, because what is what's actually happening? Someone that's in my community that doesn't know me but follows me is concerned. Maybe someone that they knew was driving and got hurt by a car. Is it unsafe? Of course that can be unsafe. Driving and is maybe like triggered, most, yeah. Exactly. Driving is the most unsafe thing you can do. Like people, it's other people on the road. So I now, like you, will go, where are they right? You know, where do I need to look at that? Even when someone sends, I'm lucky, I don't have any trolls on social media, but if one of my clients is unhappy about something in a program and I'm like, okay, where is, where are they right? Where can we do better instead of getting the defense? But I do my work. When you don't do your work, you might be defensive and you might not want to find where somebody is right. And you might also not have boundaries. So you allow people in way more mm. than someone like yourself lets people in, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like when you do get, I've, I've acknowledged in the past where I have gotten on the defense straight away and you can feel the ego just <laughs> taking over. And it's almost like you say things that you, you literally in my head, I have the thought, I don't want to say this. And it comes out sometimes it's like you're being, someone else is driving the wheel. So oh. I think acknowledging like when it's authentically you coming out and not uh, mm. is really really important there it's as hard. well i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But kind of speaking about, 
uh, one thing that I just thought of when we were talking about kind of building a strong foundation, you know, the fable of, you know, the three little pigs, one builds a house with hay, the middle one, I forget what that was, and the last one was bricks. And it kind of reminded me, you know, if there's a strong wind, if you don't have a house of bricks and you've got a house of straw or hay, it's, it's going to be easy to topple over. And yeah. so if you're, I think if you're not focusing on internal and you're focusing on external, you're missing the opportunity to build your fortress around you, which is, I'm going to just acknowledge an that. ongoing journey. Yeah, you know, it's, and it's just not there. something that... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's only going to get windier, you know, and, yeah. and for everyone listening, because I know they have big goals and I know they're always pushing and growing. Like every time you level up, it's a new type of wind. It's like you upgrade the wind. You, you think it's this delusion we have that, okay, once I make this much money or once I have this coaching program up or once I get that promotion, I'll be fine. But then you get to that level and, you know, your goalpost moves and then the new challenges that come with that level up present as well and and I guess like on this note uh one thing I've tried to embrace I don't know if this is something you coach or speak about is every time you level up or push yourself I almost expect the self-doubt and imposter syndrome to appear because it's something unknown and uncertain it's not that I let it stop me but I'm not surprised if it comes up and I guess in in light of the conversation of confidence, what's your take on kind of imposter syndrome and self-doubt? For you, is it something you still experience or have you really built your confidence to a level that's like completely unshakable and it's not something you experience at all? Yeah, I'm trying not to laugh when you say that. I'm like, girl, it's so funny. I, I have to like, just ask. <laughs> I know, like chicken or the egg, right? Because like in the yeah. level up comes this or is that happening because you're about to level up it's like oh i don't know so i like to think of it as you know everything's going to crap and everything's horrible because i'm in a level up okay so you know instead of oh my gosh my world is crumbling or like i'm leveling leveling up when's the bad stuff going to happen because sometimes it doesn't so i do think that every difficulty and every hard thing that we overcome and everything that feels really uncomfortable and that stretches us that is the level up disguised as a terrible thing. Like I'll have clients that are like going through a divorce and they're crying and I'm like, I'm so happy for you. This is amazing. And they're like, my life is ruined. And they're just crying. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, I'm telling you, this is like disguised. It's it's horrible. But behind it is like the cookie jar, you know, all of the, I could look at my life and say, I had all these horrible things happen, or I could go, who did I become because of that horrible thing? And at nine years old, when I had sexual abuse, I, I learned to use my voice. I told my mom, I spoke up. I, and I'm the same woman that at the bakery, if somebody's cutting someone, I'm like, excuse me, she was next. Like that's that speaking up. That's that <laughs> justice that was born at nine years old in this terrible thing. So, you know, I'm not happy that that happened to me. However, everything that we go through is going to level us up. So, um, yeah, I, I recently spoke and I was so scared. I was on stage about to step on the stage and I was heart was pounding and I had to go to the toilet and my stomach was feeling all weird. And I was like, oh, my God, oh my God I'm sweating and I look amazing. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're going to kill it. And then I was like, my foot hit the stage and it was like, all right, here we go. I'm up here. So we're doing this, you know, and it was kind of like, could I have said I'm not going, but I already started walking. So it's almost like you get on the plane and you're about to jump off and you're like scared to parachute but you're already in the air and the doors open and you're off the ledge. You might as well, you just jump. And then as you jump, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm learning how to be in the air. I'm learning how to be scared. I'm learning how to action while I don't know what I'm doing. And so I feel, to be honest, Erica, it's like an initiation. Like you don't get to have all the success and amazing, awesome things without that feeling of 
Who am I? Do I know what I'm doing? Am I an imposter? You know, self-doubt will come on the journey. It is there all the time for me. I lack confidence all the time, but I think the difference is I know how to create it and I know that I can create it. It's not like I have it or I don't. It's like, nope, I don't have any right now. Let's create some confidence. And then it makes you feel like you can do the hard things. Mm, yeah. And it's, um, I remember reading somewhere that the feeling like internal feeling of nervousness and anxiety and excitement are yeah. actually the same. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, like, I, can, I mean, it's really hard when you're feeling stressed out or anxious to be like, Ooh, I'm so excited. Like I've tried to do it and it's not that simple, yeah. but I think just cultivating this, I guess, acceptance that it's going to come along with you on the journey. And when it presents yeah. itself to like you, like you mentioned before, not be something that just stops you in your tracks mm. is really important to keep going. And, and one thing I've been thinking about lately, because, uh, you know, I'm kind of in this process, I've very, very briefly uh, been working as a lawyer for five or so years. I've had this podcast for three years. I've had an e-commerce business for three. And I'm kind of in this process now where I'm like, okay, I feel very scattered between the three. I love this podcast. This is kind of what I want to do. How do I make that transition? And with that decision comes a lot of challenges, experiences, things I need to make a call on that I've not had to do before. And at mm. times you realize like if it was so easy to have all these things that you want to have or to achieve the dreams that you have in your mind, then everyone would have it. And so whenever you're going through those, those tough moments, those moments of self-doubt, I see them as the barriers to entry. So it's just another one of those hurdles that I have to kind of overcome and push through. No matter how uncomfortable it is, it's a part of the journey. And yeah. it, it kind of makes the the end goal that, that little bit. Oh, fun. What do they say? It, you know? It's not the end, it's the journey. It really is like journey. We're, we're going through something, me and my husband, and we're like, oh, my gosh, like this and this. And then we're like, and then I just looked at him and I was like, if this was not happening, it'd be so boring. Like what? You have all this money and you're so happy and your kids are happy and you have a great marriage and life is great. And it's like, oh, so boring. So I think they give us these challenges to give us some excitement to help Spice us. It you know? up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make this a bit fun. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, talking about confidence, somebody listening right now who feels like they have a pretty good level of confidence, but they feel like they can really take it up a notch. In terms of, I guess, how you deal with your clients, how you speak about it on your podcast, what are, I guess, two or three very, very key important things, whether it be things you do every day or actual tips, mindset tips, just anything like that that you think are a really good starting point for people to start thinking about to really cultivate an unshakable confidence? Yep. Well, I think one of the big things that I like to do and I recommend people do is to take a look at your life, right? Have a look at your life. And if we were combing our hair, where are their knots? Because we bypass the knots. We act like we don't have a big piece of gum at the back or some dreadlocks that are forming. We're like, no, that's okay. And we're just brushing the area that feels comfortable. But I'm like, where are the knots in your life? And so how you can do this is really just look at the areas of your life, money, business, career, love, relationship, your body, your health, religion, hobbies, spirituality, or what have you been avoiding? Find out what are you avoiding? What areas of your life are you avoiding? Are you not looking at your numbers? Are you not having conversations with family members about certain things? Are you not attending, you know, social gatherings because you have anxiety? Like what area are you avoiding? And I'm not saying it to freak you out and make you go do these things, but just so you know, as, as long as you know what's happening and what's going on, you're going to have that awareness and awareness is everything. And I know that you probably hear this as well. People hate talking about awareness because they're like, oh, awareness. But 
I lived in awareness for like two years. I was in awareness for two years. I wasn't doing anything but being aware that I was doing what I was doing for two years in my journey of eight years of healing and everything. And it was helpful because I got to see what I was doing. I got to slow motion how I was acting, the words that I was saying, who I was acting certain ways around. And so when you have that awareness, it brings me to my next step. Then you can actually make a plan on what to do about it. So let's say, for example, you want to do more public speaking and you're really terrified of speaking and you know that when you're at a place, your face turns red, your cheeks get red, you get really like anxious, you start fiddling or whatever you're doing. Cool. Now you're aware of that. Now, what's a little step that you can take? Maybe you decide to get a coach, a speaking coach. Maybe you decide to start putting out your points. Maybe you decide to learn about camera confidence, whatever it is. But if you're not going to, number one, face the actual thing, like get the reality of what's going on in that area of your life, the result that you have, then you can't create a plan on making it happen for yourself. So I would look at what, what you're currently avoiding. And then the third one I would say is working on you. So do you have, and I mean, everyone needs this. You don't need this if you've had trauma. Everybody's had trauma. We've all lived through the pandemic. So especially Australian people. Oh my gosh, it was hard. Um, look at especially have, Melbourne people. I know Melbourne people. Oh my God, we had the worst. Do you have a life coach? Do you have a therapist? Do you have a healer? Do you have someone, do you have a community of people that have your back? Are you connected? You know, all the studies that show that people that live alone don't have roommates, don't have a romantic relationship, and all they do is work. They usually will have more issues uh, mental health-wise, health-wise, uh, mindset-wise. It's going to be really difficult when you are on your own journey. But if you have some support, you'll be able to see these blind spots that we were speaking about, the ego and the shadow side of us that we're like, no, nope, I'm going to push to the side. So that's really what I would say about that. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to look at the areas of your life where you're not getting what you want and start asking why, what's happening, and then make a little plan. And you don't have to do it alone. You can get some support, get some help and go, hey, I want to tackle this. How do we do this so that I can get what I want in that area? Because looking at it and seeing it for what it is and deciding not to do anything is not going to change anything. So it's it's super uncomfortable work. But I think people like you and people like me, we're constantly combing. We're co like, what's this little knot? What's happening here? You know, and I'm my hair. I'm See some blow drying. Yeah, girl, you know, we, we're like, kick, 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 you know, like I had dreadlocks, everybody. <laughs> like it was horrible, but I, I use that analogy because it's like you can't really ignore it when you have a knot, right? It's like if somebody has short hair, I'm very sorry, but knots are the worst thing ever. And you have probably back here and it's like hidden and you kind of can't see it. And it's like, I look so pretty from the front, but back there, there's gum in my hair and it's been there for 10 years. And it's like, that's going to be a hot mess. So instead of avoiding these things, dealing with them straight up. And if you can't deal with them on your own, getting some support, which I think every single one of us me included. I have coaches and mentors and healers and retreats and masterminds that I'm a part of because life can be difficult. And if we're not equipped and not supported, um, these things end up taking over. And after months and years and decades with the same issue, it only gets worse. Mm. Yeah. And then you just feel, what's it saying? If you're doing the same thing over and over, it's actually insanity. Yes. And you feel that when you're, when you're confronting and dealing with the same things day in and day out, you just get to a point where you get frustrated. What happens is then you make it mean it's because I'm not good enough. Oh, it's because I'm like, if you don't do that, then you make it mean something that's not necessarily true. And what do we always go to? We're not enough. It's because I'm not pretty. It's because I'm not good at business. It's because I'm not good at this. And it's not true. It's just that we ignored it and we let it go. And then it got worse. Yeah. And, and I love the two-tiered approach because often that first piece 
is difficult because a lot of these things sit in our subconscious, meaning it's a product of a limiting belief we've got. So if you think you're not good enough and then, you know, you've got these knots in your career, it's because you're actually blocking yourself. But unless you sit down and look at these areas and go, okay, how am I going to work this out? How am I going to, you don't even know where to make a plan. You know, if you start at the plan bit or the action bit without trying to actually work out where the friction points are, then you're kind of on a potential uh, misguided journey. Yes, that's that's so spot on. We have a practice of confidence and it's like five C's. And that is exactly what we say in that practice. Like we got to make a choice to change something. We got to have courage, which means you're scared. Keep going. You know, you want to create a plan. So what's the action plan? Small step to get you making that big decision that you want to make. And then we consider how how was it? How was your action? Was it good? Was it bad? Did it work? Did it not? And then the last one is continue, go again. And so many of us try to change the action without actually looking at why we're doing what we're doing. What's the effect of that? You know, you can't just, I I cannot stand affirmations. And it's not because I don't believe affirmations work, but I feel like we don't do it properly. Like, I love green apples. And it's like, okay, I really don't. And I don't even like to think about that. My mouth gets all like sour. And it's like, that's not going to work for you to tell yourself that you love yourself when you genuinely every day look in the mirror and hate what you're seeing. So how do we start actually believing what we're saying and moving towards a place of what we want instead of just, just take a bunch of action when you're not in alignment is just, I think it's such a bad hustle culture idea that we get told. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And it doesn't make things better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I don't know if you uh, speak much about like masculine, feminine energy, but I feel like for us women, we really need to sit in that understanding awareness piece, which for me feels very like in my feminine energy, like understanding the emotional side, understanding the why, like connecting and centering. Um, And so rushing sometimes, you know, having my own business too, I can feel when I'm pulled in that, when I take that approach, an entrepreneurial approach to my personal development, it doesn't often fly well. So just knowing like, you know, where you sit on it, but really like starting at that, that first step, I think is very important. Yeah, uh, Erica, I want to ask you one more thing before yes. I wrap up this conversation, even though I know we could probably chat for days and days. Um, and I think I know the answer, but I want to ask you anyway, is confidence something that's omnipresent? So is it something that's always with you, always exists once you kind of connect with it and, and have it and you're grounded and you have that brick house? Is that always going to be a brick house? Or do you feel at times you know, it kind of maybe a couple of bricks fall over and you need to do some repairs or renovations, you know, like how has confidence, how's your relationship with confidence today? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love your analogies. I'm loving, I, I'm an analogy lover as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm with you with the brick house, everybody listening, stay with us. So pretending that we were putting all of our energy into the bricks and it's about the bricks and how we laid the bricks and the bricks have to be amazing. And I'm like, it's not about the bricks. It's the person laying the bricks. It's the fact that you are always and will always be and can always be an amazing bricklayer. And so you can decide what product to use. You can decide whatever, but you have the method, you have the knowledge and you know how to do it. And so to me, that's what I believe the confidence is. It's the person that's like, I could build this house and that wolf can come or tornadoes can come or you know, someone can smash my bricks down, which they will. Okay, welcome to life. They will smash your bricks down. Somebody will bring an excavator and you just forget about the wind like it's gone. And the beautiful thing that I want everyone to take away is that you as the person who laid the bricks down will always be able to gather new bricks and build a brand new house of confidence again. And so that I think to me is what confidence is. It's in every single one of us. We have that ability to create it. It's not do you have it or not have it. It's not high heels. It's not red lipstick. It's not being a celebrity. It's not being an extrovert or introvert. Like 
no way. It's, it's you have what it takes inside of you to create your confidence. And obviously, once you've done it, and the more you decide to put yourself out there and do it, you can do it again and again and again and again, and it just strengthens. But the biggest excavator can come and knock it down. It'll never not be knocked down. I don't care who you are, Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, all these amazing people, they will get smashed down their confidence probably on the daily. And the point is get back up and start laying bricks again, because that to me is what confidence is. It's that you will continue to fall down, but you will get back up and you know that you can trust yourself to figure it out. So um, I think if we can leave you with the, the confidence uh, definition that I love, it's a Latin definition and it's fidere, which means to trust oneself. That's what I think confidence is. Can you trust yourself? Does it mean you know how? No. Does it mean you have all the, you know, I, uh, all the ideas and you, you, you're for sure know how to do everything? No, I don't know how to do anything. Like I learn, but I trust that I will learn. I trust that I am good enough to learn. I trust that I'll figure it out. I trust that I'll find a way. I trust me. And so when you trust yourself, confidence will always be available to you. That's so beautiful. And what I love most about that is it's always available to you. Yeah. It's almost a tool at your disposal. It's not something people can take away from you. Yeah. And it comes back to that idea that it's not about the product or the end journey or the result. It's about, sorry, it's not about the end result, but it's about the journey. It's about what you create and who you are in the process, which if you want to take as an analogy for life, like really what it, what life is, is all the things yeah. we create along the way. Um, so this conversation has been so beautiful. I've really, really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better and having you on the show today. Um, if the listeners want to connect with you a little bit more, where's the best place they can do so? I mean, I'm, I'm already going to pop your Instagram below, uh, <laughs> but where else can they kind of connect with you? And I'll pop some links in the show notes. Thank you, Erica. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for doing this amazing work. Um, yeah, the best place is Instagram or you can head to thequeenofconfidence.com. I do have the five C's that I spoke about. It's a little PDF with the five steps. So if you right now are in a lack of confidence or you want to learn how to create more confidence, the step-by-step -step process, you can download it for free. It's amazing and really easy to follow. And I think that it'll support whoever's listening to this podcast to start believing that you can create your confidence. It's hard. It's uncomfortable, but like that's living. It's amazing. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. No, I appreciate you as well. And thank you so much. I'll put links below and I'm sure we'll chat soon. Yes. Thank you.